Welcome to Choate's Enforcement and Investigations Updates, a podcast series hosted by our Government Enforcement and Compliance Group. On this show, we discuss timely analysis of legal and compliance developments, court decisions, and changes in legislation and regulations related to white-collar defense, global investigations, and whistleblower claims. Hello to our listeners, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Lauren Swidler, and I'm a senior associate in the Government Enforcement Group here at Choate. With me today is Julia Hesse, the co-chair of Choate's Healthcare Group, and Sarah Frank, a principal in our healthcare and government enforcement groups. Today, we're going to talk about a recent Department of Justice settlement based on a novel use of the False Claims Act related to data security. On March 14th, the DOJ announced its first settlement under the department's new Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative. Under this settlement, website developer Jelly Bean Communications LLC and its owner and sole employee, Jeremy Spinks, agreed to pay almost $300,000 to resolve allegations that they violated the False Claims Act. Specifically, the DOJ alleged that Jelly Bean failed to properly maintain the website for the Florida Healthy Kids Corporation a state-created entity that provides health and dental insurance using Medicaid funds to children in Florida. Jellybean was hired to create and manage the website where parents could apply online to enroll their kids. Although Jellybean said it would provide HIPAA-compliant hosting and maintenance for the Florida Healthy Kids website and specifically build Florida Healthy Kids for these services, the settlement agreement indicates that the company had not updated or patched its software since around the time that Jellybean was hired by the state in 2013. As a result, the DOJ alleges almost 500,000 applications on this site were hacked and that personal data, including addresses, financial information, and social security numbers, were vulnerable. The website was forced to shut down in December 2020 due to the data breach. Before we dive into the specific details of this settlement, it is worth noting that this is the first time we're seeing a settlement coming out of the DOJ's Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative, which the department originally announced in October of 2021. Sarah, can you explain what this new DOJ initiative is about? Sure. The Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative was created as part of DOJ's ongoing comprehensive cyber review. It aims to combat cyber threats and mitigate risks relating to the security of sensitive information and critical systems. Under this initiative, DOJ pointed to the False Claims Act as a tool the department would utilize to pursue cybersecurity-related fraud by those government contractors and federal grant recipients who fail to follow required cybersecurity standards. And here, as we see, DOJ has done just that. And this is Julia. If if I could just chime in here, for those of you who are not familiar with the False Claims Act, this is a Civil War era statute that was originally developed to prosecute those who provide deficient or fraudulent services to the U.S. government in exchange for federal funds or property. While in modern times, we often see the DOJ utilize this statute in the healthcare context when healthcare providers induced by illegal kickbacks, submit false or fraudulent claims to federal health care programs, or submit claims for medically unnecessary services, this application under the Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative seems to go back to the statute's historical basis. Exactly. Good point, Julia. 
What's also notable about the False Claims Act as the basis for this initiative is that it includes a whistleblower provision so private individuals can identify conduct that violates the statute. They can then pursue an enforcement action and share in damages that the government may ultimately receive. This may provide incentives for those who work for or with government contractors to bring these cases to the DOJ prosecutors. So, Sarah, going back to the mission of the Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative itself, when the DOJ says it will prosecute government contractors who fail to follow required cybersecurity standards, what do they mean? Well, the DOJ specifically said that they would be pursuing contractors that knowingly provided deficient cybersecurity products or services, knowingly misrepresented their cybersecurity practices or protocols, or knowingly violated their obligations to monitor and report cybersecurity incidents and breaches. The government seems focused on holding accountable those who put our sensitive information or critical systems at risk. Okay, and with that in mind, Julia, was there anything notable about this first civil cyber fraud initiative settlement with Jellybean Communications? Well, first, this seems to fit the initiative's stated focus, right? This was a government contractor that was contractually obligated to provide HIPAA-compliant web development and cybersecurity services and did not provide those services. They were running multiple outdated applications and failed to do routine patching for seven years, apparently. The DOJ alleged that Jellybean's deficient operations resulted in a data breach, and I think the data breach aspect is important. Often, we see enforcement in response to a large data breach from the HIPAA regulator, the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights, or from the Federal Trade Commission, often because the government doesn't always have the resources or capability to audit proactively for these types of deficiencies. It goes to show that, of course, companies should have processes in place to mitigate the risk of a breach in the first place. But if there is a breach, the likelihood of a government enforcement action significantly increases. I think that's a good point, Julia. What I thought was interesting about this enforcement action is that Jellybean Communications is seemingly a very small company with only one employee, and the settlement itself of about $300,000 is relatively small for a DOJ enforcement action. What are your thoughts on that, Sarah? I was a bit surprised to see the government focus on a company of this size, but I think the facts of the Jellybean case happen to be right in the bullseye of things the government cares a lot about. For example, the website was entirely devoted to a vulnerable population, low-income kids, some with disabilities or other health issues, and contained children's protected health information. It seems like the government was one of the largest, if not the largest, customers of Jellybean. The government may be arguing that, as a result, Jellybean should be even more cognizant of and dedicated to the cybersecurity standards, but they were not. And the services that Jellybean provided were demonstratively deficient because the site was, in fact, hacked, potentially exposing children's PHI. Julia, anything to add there? Yes. I think it's also important to note that Jellybean was directly receiving federal funds, and it was contractually obligated to provide HIPAA-compliant services. 
with False Claims Act cases, the government has to show a nexus between the conduct and the fraudulent claim on the public fisc, which can be tricky. Here, the government could easily make the case for the required nexus because there's no middleman. Jellybean was submitting claims directly to the government with invoices that specifically and falsely claimed that the services were HIPAA compliant. And these services, the DOJ alleged, were clearly deficient. So, Sarah, what does this settlement mean for other providers of web-based services? This settlement indicates that the government may not just be focusing on the big fish in this space. All government contractors, regardless of size, need to be sure that when they are providing web-based services, they are adhering to best practices in industry standards and data security. For example, those outlined by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST. Providers should educate themselves on widely accepted cybersecurity standards. At minimum, they should run routine updates and patching to prevent bad actors from taking advantage of system vulnerabilities and potentially accessing personal data. This case emphasizes that the risk of providing inadequate cybersecurity services is not just the potential for unhappy customers, but also potential government enforcement actions. And Julia, this is but one of many announcements coming out recently regarding government enforcement and data security. Any thoughts on how this settlement and initiative fit into the larger context of data privacy and cybersecurity enforcement? I think this goes to show that the government is focusing heavily on cybersecurity and particularly the safeguarding of sensitive personal and health information. What stands out to me is that traditionally, we have seen most data privacy-related enforcement emanate from the HHS Office of Civil Rights based on HIPAA violation. This enforcement action along with the FTC's first enforcement action under its health breach notification rule last month, emphasizes that the government is expanding its focus beyond HIPAA-covered entities. Service providers to these sites are now under the microscope and need to ensure proper cybersecurity practices. Thanks, Julia. The broader context of other government enforcement actions is helpful. Do you think providers of indirect services to the government could have potential liability here? Time will tell, but right now it appears that this DOJ enforcement initiative is focused on the direct service providers. Like we discussed earlier, there needs to be a nexus between the specific deficient or fraudulent services and the receipt of government funds. The more leapfrogging the government has to do to connect the government funds to the deficient services, the harder it will be to prove that nexus. That being said, it is best practice for all cybersecurity providers to ensure they are at a minimum, adhering to industry standards, particularly those service providers dealing with HIPAA-protected or other sensitive personal information. Well, thank you both so much for your time and insight today. We hope that this provided our listeners with a good background on the DOJ's Civil Cyber Fraud Initiative and what the Jellybean Communications Settlement signals for future enforcement actions. If listeners have questions and want to learn more, they can visit our website and reach out to us here at Choate. For more information, please visit www.choate.com. You can also listen to additional podcast episodes in the newsroom of our website and subscribe to them wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
The information presented in this recording is for educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice for a specific situation. If you wish to obtain legal advice, you should retain an attorney and explain the facts of your particular situation.